Shall we pray? Matthew's Gospel, Jesus' words, Heaven and earth will disappear, but my words will never disappear. Lord, we thank you for that promise. The words that Jesus spoke to us, the words of all scripture, are eternal. Heaven and earth disappear, but not the word of God. And we thank you, Lord, that we can focus on the word of God today and what Jesus said to those very first disciples before he left them. So may we all have open hearts to receive your word and grow in faith. This is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, the story is told that after Jesus had finished his earthly ministry, after he had given his life upon the cross, after he had risen from the dead and he had appeared to his disciples with many convincing proofs, then he ascended to heaven. And in heaven he was welcomed by the angels and he was applauded, Lord Jesus Christ, you have given your life upon the cross, you've done salvation's work, all praise to you. But they said, Lord Jesus who is going to carry on your ministry upon the earth? And Jesus said, well, I've left 11 men to carry on my ministry. 11 men, Jesus, for the whole world? These must be the greatest men of all. You must have chosen kings and princes and high priests. He said, no, actually, they're just ordinary men. I had 12, but one of them betrayed me and he killed himself. The others are just ordinary men. Some of them are fishermen. Um, one was a tax collector. And they said, but Lord Jesus, what is your backup plan when this plan fails? And Jesus said, I have no other plan than this. When we think about it, the continuation of Jesus' message and ministry, how the church would grow, was so tenuous, was so vulnerable that he did literally leave it all in the hands of 11 terrified, frightened disciples. For John's Gospel tells us that when Jesus appeared to his disciples on the evening of the resurrection, they were huddled behind locked doors because they were afraid of the Jews. They were afraid that the same Sanhedrin that put Jesus to death was going to come after them as well. But these frightened disciples saw Jesus alive. Now, today is the first of three messages on the theme of the church, the beginning of the beginning. For this is the first Sunday of the new year, 2022. So as we begin a new year as a church, we're going to look at the beginning of the book of Acts to focus on the birth and beginning of the first church. Now, Luke, the author of the gospel, is also the author of Acts. And on the very third verse of Acts chapter 1, he writes this. After his suffering, Jesus showed them to these men and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. So the resurrection of Jesus is no airy-fairy story. His disciples were eyewitnesses that they had seen him alive. He gave convincing proofs to the fact. In fact, one of the greatest proofs that Jesus did rise from the dead is the change wrought in his followers. They moved from timid, frightened men to be bold witnesses for Jesus. Why? Because they had seen him alive and they wanted to tell the world of what they had seen and heard 
And they were willing to risk persecution and even death because they knew that their Jesus was not dead, but he was alive. But here in the first chapter of Acts, Jesus gave them a specific instruction of how they were going to change the world. Are you ready for it? He said, don't do anything. Wow. Well, that's more or less what he said when we look at the text. Don't leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. So maybe to that don't do anything we could add in your own strength. Don't do anything in your own strength. But wait for the gift my father promised. Of course, Jesus was talking about the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the work of the Holy Spirit was about to change. In the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit would come upon an individual, upon a prophet, such as Moses or Elijah, Jeremiah, or even as late as John the Baptist. And through the Holy Spirit, God would give his word to that prophet. And then the prophet would in turn bring God's word to the people. So most people did not experience the personal presence of the Holy Spirit. But that was all about to change. For God had promised that the Holy Spirit would come upon all believers. If you believe that Jesus was your Saviour and Lord, you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. That is the promise. So the gift had been promised. For example, in John 14, 16, the words of Jesus to his disciples, he said, And I will ask the Father and he will give you another counsellor to help you and be with you forever, the spirit of truth. He goes on to say, I will not leave you as orphans, I will come to you. So here we have a link between the Holy Spirit and Jesus himself. The Holy Spirit is the presence of Jesus given to believers. The Holy Spirit is the presence of Jesus given to his church. The Holy Spirit is the presence of Jesus with us. But in our reading today from Acts 1, it had not yet happened it was still a promise to be fulfilled. And the message of Jesus was, wait, don't do anything in your own strength. Then in today's reading, we read another very significant verse. Again, the words of Jesus to his disciples before he ascended to heaven. Acts 1 verse 8. But you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the very ends of the earth. Acts 1 verse 8 is a crucial verse for understanding the whole book of Acts. For as the book of Acts unfolds, we see Acts 1 8 is played out. Jesus said once they received the power of the Spirit, the message of the gospel would spread like ripples spreading out from a pond to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the very ends of the earth. And that's what happened in the book of Acts. Peter begins the ministry by preaching within Jerusalem. And the evangelist Philip takes the gospel to Samaria. And then later we read, of course, of Paul and Barnabas and Silas as they went out beyond the seas around all of the Mediterranean, taking the gospel. The ripples are going out and out until eventually the gospel reaches Rome in the book of Acts. Why did the followers of Jesus have to wait? Well, they had to receive power. Without the Holy Spirit, they would be powerless. But note 
what Acts 1.8 says. But you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will have a great time in church praising me. No, it doesn't say that. You'll receive power and the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will feel really good about yourself. doesn't say that. But you'll receive power and the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will get a real kick out of life. doesn't say that either. What does it say? But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses. So if we want to take away some truths that the Word is saying to us today, then here's an important truth. The Holy Spirit is given to Jesus' church to empower us to witness. To empower us to witness. To proclaim to the world the message that Jesus is not dead, he is alive. That's what those first apostles did. They went out in the world like ripples expanding in a pond, proclaiming to all peoples that Jesus was alive. They went out proclaiming the gospel of of salvation. It spread even to the ends of the earth, which is probably us. Adelaide, South Australia, we're about as far away as we can get from the original message. Maybe us and New Zealand. It even reached here. The prophecy was true. The gospel reached the ends of the earth, even Adelaide, South Australia. So the Holy Spirit is given to Christians so that we can be witnesses for Jesus. But in John's gospel, Jesus also spoke spoke about another reason why the Holy Spirit would be given. John 16, verse 14. He, the Holy Spirit, will bring glory to me by taking what is mine and making it known to you. He will bring glory to me. Now, we've probably all been to live shows, a stage show, a musical, a play, a singer, where the spotlight is focused on the person on the stage. And we take no notice of the bloke up the back who is holding the spotlight, right? We all look where the spotlight is pointing. That's the Holy Spirit's role. The Holy Spirit is like the guy holding the spotlight, illuminating Jesus Christ that he may be glorified. The Holy Spirit doesn't want to have glory for himself. His role is that Jesus may be glorified. So here's another truth we can take away with us this morning. That is, the Holy Spirit is given to the church to glorify Jesus. And in this simple truth, we have a key truth to help us with our Christian life. To help us concerning how to live a Christian life. For we can ask the question, what does it mean to live as a Christian? What is the purpose of the Christian life? What do I have to do as Jesus' follower? The answer, very simple, bring glory to Jesus. In the way we behave each day, the things we say, the things we do to bring glory to Jesus. That sums up the Christian life. It sums up the role of a church. Bring glory to Jesus. So to summarise the truth of what we're hearing so far is this. Don't do anything in your own strength. Wait for the power of the Holy Spirit. So we can be witnesses to Jesus and that he will be glorified in us. Now, we have received the Holy Spirit. If you believe 
And if you've repented of your sin, you've asked Jesus to come into your life and you've been obedient to baptism, you have received the gift of the Holy Spirit. But like those first disciples, we also need to learn the secret of waiting. In Luke 10, we read of a story of Jesus going to see two women, Mary and Martha. You know the story, Martha's busy getting the meal ready. She's going around, you know, clinking the pots and cutting the vegetables. And what's Mary doing the whole time? Sitting at the Lord's feet. Martha comes to Jesus and said, Lord, would you speak to my lazy sister? I mean, who can blame her? She's doing all the work, right? Will you speak to my lazy sister and tell her that she should be helping me? And we were, we'd think that Jesus would say, now that's right, Mary. It's not right your sister does all the work. You get up and help her. He doesn't say that, does he? What does he say? Martha, Martha, you are worried and upset about many things, but only one thing is needed. And Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. Now, could you substitute your name for Martha's? Is Jesus speaking to you this morning? How many times in our lives could Jesus say to us, you are worried and upset about many things, but only one thing is needed. Come, sit at my feet and wait. In many places, the Bible tells us the same thing. Like in Psalm 130, verse 5, I wait for the Lord, my whole being waits, and in his word I put my hope. Isn't that a great verse? Hey, when you're stressed, wait for the Lord by reading his word. In his word I put, I put my hope. The word gives us the strength of the spirit. Or Isaiah chapter 30, verse 15 in repentance and rest is your salvation. In quietness and trust is your strength. Not by racing around. In quietness and trust is your strength. Then Psalm 131 verses 1 to 2 says, My heart is not proud, Lord. My eyes are not haughty. I do not concern myself with great matters or things too wonderful for me. But I have calmed and quieted my soul. I am like a breastfed child with its mother. Like a breastfed child, I am content. I think there's no person, no human being more content in this world than a breastfed child. In mother's arms, skin on skin, receiving sustenance but also surrounded by the love of the mother. What a you know, No one more content than a breastfed child. And the psalmist says, you know, my relationship with God can be like that. He says, I don't concern myself with, with, with great matters or things too, too, too wonderful for, for me. Lord, why is COVID-19 raging around the world? Why have we still got it? Why haven't you done something about it? I can be like a breastfed child. I'm going to sit at the Lord's feet. And his love is going to surround me. And that's all I need. Paul says a similar thing in Philippians 4, verses 6 and 7. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. 
Note it doesn't say, look, it's okay to bring the big things to God in prayer, but all the little worries in your life, sorry, you're going to have to handle them yourself. Doesn't say that, does it? Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, whatever anxiety we have, even if it's little, bring it to God, sit at his feet. One of the best ways we sit at his feet is by reading his word and in prayer. Sit at his feet and he will give us peace. So Jesus' words to those disciples long ago, don't do anything in your own strength. Man, it still applies to us today, doesn't it? When temptation is all around us in this troubled world to fret and to anxiously look about us, trying to fix things ourselves, his word to us this morning is, don't do anything in your own strength. Sit at my feet for a while. For only one thing is needed. Fill yourself with the strength of my Holy Spirit. And what if today the angel said to Jesus, Lord, what is your plan for the western suburbs of Adelaide around Brooklyn Park? Thousands of people are there who don't know your gospel. Jesus would say, I have a church. I have a church in Brooklyn Park. Is it a big church, Lord? Around about 70. 70? For all those people? Oh, Lord, they must be community leaders. They must be great evangelists. They must be great preachers, intellectuals. No, no. 70 ordinary people. Some of them are teenagers and some of them are elderly. And they all come from different backgrounds. And some of them are learned and some of them are not. And some of them, life has hurt them and broken them. And I'm in the process of healing them. They're just ordinary people. And the angels would say, but Lord, what's your backup plan when this plan fails? And Jesus would reply, I have no other plan than this. Let's pray. Lord, we learn a lot from those disciples, those first apostles, how frightened they were. How were they going to carry on the message the ministry that you had given them. How could 11 men take a message to the whole world? And we know the answer, through the power of the Holy Spirit. Do nothing in your own strength. Draw from the gift that I will give you. Lord, we have received the same gift. The same gift we have received. Lord, we want to be people who, who live to glorify you. We want to be people who are a witness to you. Lord, we want to be a church which is a witness to you in this community and we want to glorify you. So Lord, fill us anew with your Holy Spirit. For that purpose we pray. Amen.